marketing is one of the most important things to small business to, to lead you to small business success, which is why we do monthly digital marketing clinics. So with that, I'll introduce Beth Guide, who's been in this uh, community for years. So Beth, why don't you tell them a little about your experience uh, before we get started? Okay, my name is Beth Guide. I'm with SEO 411. I've been doing this for 22, 23 years now. We'll be 24 years actually in February. Um, we started as a web design company, company and we went back to our roots back in 08 and added the whole digital marketing uh, arm to this. Um, basically, we've been doing SEO before SEO was a thing. Um, so we've kind of grew up in this industry. So um, I, there's just very little I don't know about this anymore is kind of where we've gotten to. And I, I just believe that small business um, uh, needs somebody to get out there and to give them a hand and to be able to guide them through this process and so that they know who's telling the truth and who's not because it's a, it's a very interesting uh, set of circumstances to try to get to people um, and to get people that you have no way as a small business owner really to know who's telling you the right thing and who's telling you the wrong thing. So I've really been, I've been doing this since 2003, uh, teaching and working with small business. So it's, it's been a long time um, that I've been helping and we've helped a lot of businesses through the years. And this year has been a little challenging uh, trying to come up with ways to keep these businesses afloat um, as we walk through this pandemic. So that's, that's added an extra dynamic to this that, I don't know that we've been inventive and we've kind of taught people how to use their websites and, you know, kind of pairing things and putting people together and doing things that people said they would never do. Um, but uh, here we are. And so when Sandra said to me, what did I want to do for November? I felt like it was the perfect time to start talking about Christmas um, and the holiday season because it's quickly upon us. And I think especially this year, I think everybody needs to make sure that they're putting some focus on the uh, on what you can do with your website, what you need to pay attention to, and some things. Whether you have a product, whether you have a service, um, I, I really don't care. We'll come up with something for you. Um, now, of course, product-based websites and people that sell things, um, it's a little bit easier to see. But I mean, I, I mean, we have a, a local bakery that swore that they would never sell anything on the internet and we've got their whole ordering system for their pies and everything for Thanksgiving. They're taking orders now. Um, and it's allowed them to have a revenue stream at the point in time that, you know, they don't. So um, with that, that's, that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. And we're going to kind of go through all of it. What I will tell you is if you have a question, just throw it in the Q and A. I try to answer them as we go, because I find if I just talk and wait till questions at the end, we end up with a big problem because what happens is um, everybody forgets where we were and we get lost. So I kind of do questions on demand. So if you've got a question, throw it out there and we'll talk about it. Um, so how oh, we even have our first question. It says, I'm an online nerdery. What's the best service-based websites? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into some of these, these, uh, these specific things. Um, you know, a notary, the first thing that comes to, to my mind is I would give uh, people a, a gift card for your service and talk about some legal documents that like will, do you have a will? This is a great time for that. I would go to work with some lawyers and give out some kind of gift card or a discount program. So there's lots of different things that we can come up with to help people. I mean, um, along the way. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of 
going to mark this one as done. Um, but I want to, I'm going to go start in top to bottom. If you guys got stuff to throw out there, um, we should. Um, I think every business should have a, a gift certificate program at this point or a gift card program. And if you don't, I don't care if you're an accountant. I don't care if you're a notary. I don't care if you're a shoe salesman. I, I don't care. Everybody should be having gift certificates for sale because you never know what trigger your, you know, what, what trigger you're going to push on somebody. You know, somebody may know a small business and say, go buy an audit from the, you know, I bought you an audit for your website for Christmas from us. I mean, um, uh, you know, here I, I'm, I've got you, Hey, you know, with you with the notary, you know, some documents need to be done. You, you know, it's very simple. Maybe somebody that knows that they have a legal something coming up and they want to pick up the tab for it. So there's different ways that you can approach this. I'm not saying you're going to sell a gazillion notary gift cards. Don't misunderstand. I mean, I, I understand that if you were selling t-shirts, you'd have a bunch of different discussion, but there's no reason I can't have something along those lines. How do you set up a gift certificate program? That's what we're going to talk about. These are some of these things that we're going to talk about tonight um, and that I'm going to kind of go through. Um, I'm going to start with some of the back end under the hood stuff first, though, because um, I want to I want to make sure that we have some of the right things in place. Um, I'm going to assume everybody in the room has a website um, and that it's in some way that you can edit it or add to it. OK, so we're just going to make that assumption up front um, and then we'll we'll kind of go from there. So the first thing that I want to make sure is that everybody has a website that's mobile friendly and mobile ready. Um, the thing is that especially on Christmas shopping and buying, a lot of that is going on on people's phones. So um, they're sitting in there, they decide they're gonna go do their shopping. Your website needs to be in a way that when they go to it, um, it'll render in a phone and I can use it in a phone and I can place that order on a phone. Um, in 2020, there is no excuse for anybody not to have a mobile friendly website. Um, it is, in fact, the if you don't, the confidence level that the people are going to have in you is going to diminish greatly. Um, a lot of purchase goes on because there's a trust or there's an understanding between you and the purchaser. And if you start breaking that trust, we're going to have a problem, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I don't really want to, I don't want to really have that problem. Um, so um, with that said, I want to, I just want to make sure that we all understand um, to have a mobile friendly website. And I'm going to put my browser on the screen here. Okay. And I, I actually have Amazon. My motto for e-commerce is when in doubt, ask Amazon. Um, and the reason I say that is because they're, they run tests every second of the day on what you should do with a website. So as you watch, as I bring this in, you're going to see that the screen is adjusting to, as I move. Okay. And it's going to go based on the, you know, the size of my screen is how it's going to render. So I want to make sure everybody's website works that way, that as you move a screen and you, you make a window smaller, that that website in, and that moves with it so that it works properly. Okay. That's an important, um, and your website should do that. If you need to check it, just take your phone out, put your web address in and see what it does. If it doesn't look right, that should be your first order of business to get the website to be correct. Okay, so let's let's start with that. Um, next thing I'm going to tell you to do is to test your website 
And especially during the holiday season, I would check it every day. When you get in the morning, make it your homepage. Make sure your website's on. Make sure it's running. I know that sounds like a simplistic thing to say, um, but you know, I, I get calls all day, every day from people that don't check their website. And next thing you know, their website's vanished and they don't know what to do. It's not my fault. They're calling me because they ran into me and they know I'll give them a, a, a straight answer on how to fix it. So I'm going to say to you that test your website. The other thing I'm going to say when I'm saying to test your website, I want to make sure that you um, click through, look for broken links, look for problems on your website. Make sure that the website is functioning the way you think it should function. Um, make, if you have a website and you get orders sporadically, place an order. Just buy something, place an order, and void it. Make sure your checkout mechanisms are working. Um, there's a lot of things that can, a lot of fail points along the way on a website. So it's always a good time and a good place to check and make sure that you can do that. Um, I think that's a practice that most website owners don't, they don't go look at it until their email doesn't work. And then they're like, oh my God, my website doesn't work. Well, you should have known that your website wasn't working the second it stopped working. Um, so there's, there's some things that you can do to have your website pinged. Um, there's a program called Pingdom that can do a website report. And if the website goes down, it can send it to you. Um, the only problem with something like Pingdom is that if the, something happens to the website and it still works, it's not going to ping you that it's broken. It's not going to tell you there's a problem. So I wouldn't truly um, depend on it, um, but it, it is a way to do it. But just make sure your website is running and working on a regular basis. The next thing I'm going to talk about is page speed. And this is going to, this is maybe a little bit nerdy for everybody but I'm gonna be nerdy for just a second. Um, there's a website and it's called GT Metrics. And I'm gonna to go to it here in my browser here in a second. And I want everybody to run a test on their website to see how their website stacks up on GT Metrics. So if you go, it's gtmetrics.com. And I want you to go there and I want you to type your website address in. So I'm gonna go and type mine in, which is SEO411. I put that in and I tell it to test my site. And I, you should get a really good grade on this. If you don't get a good grade on this, you have a problem. And the problem is, is that the end user is not going to hang around to wait until your website loads. So it takes a minute to run all these tests. So just give it a second. Um, but you, you should have a pretty fast website. So everybody needs to go and test their website on GT metrics. So you see, I got an 85, I'm pretty happy. Where I see things fail is websites have really big pictures on their homepage and they aren't optimized. Uh, I had one guy show up and he had an eight meg picture that he thought was just a regular size picture. He didn't know to go put it in Photoshop and his web hosting company was not compressing the photos. You can't have a, uh, an eight meg photo on your homepage. You just, it's not a possibility. So you need to make sure that you aren't doing bad practices. So let's kind of talk about this for a second. So if you have a digital camera, not your phone, but if you have a digital camera and you take a picture with a digital camera, that file is a 50 meg file, okay? So if you don't take it and put it on right and do it right, 
you very quickly can have a, um, you can very quickly uh, have a problem. So a low score, I think, you see how this is green? It starts to get amber. So it like, see how this one's here is like an amber looking at 70, at 74. I'm not looking at yo speed, uh, yo why slow. I'm looking at page speed score because that's what Google looks at like it. Um, I would like it anywhere from 80 to 100 um, is what I would like it on. So um, I'm I'm good with if if anything above that. So everybody 80 at 80 here is a good one. Anybody else want to share what theirs are? Go ahead and just chat window there so we can all see what's going on. Um, but everybody should understand what their website's doing and understand um, what to do. Now to fix it gets a little bit tricky. Um, usually you can see it here and it'll tell you all the mistakes that you made. Now, if you have a bad website and I'm trying to think of who has a bad website, I don't want to say anybody has a bad website and call them out here because these things have legs and lives of their own. But if you had a bad one, it would tell you how slow, how bad, how slow something is, how much content you have. And it would tell you some of the steps that you need to take. The fact of the matter is um, that there's a time to first paint. Yeah, see, very good. Uh, this one's in 92. So there's all kinds of uh, different ways to look at. Now, the other thing that Google has, um, web dot. trying to think what it is. Uh, let me see if that works. Nope. I have to remember where this is. I'm drawing a blank on it. Um, it's like and I gave this to somebody to you guys before, and I'm I don't know why I'm drawing blank, but let's let's just pick this here and see. Um, if you go to do this to go and Google what I just did, which is speed test, and I think it'll knock us out to where we need to go. I want you to see the difference on something, and I want you to know what this is all about because this is a big deal. GT Metrics is far more accurate than Google, and I'm going to explain why. Google's is way too dependent on the localized um, uh, internet connection and what your connections are and how that all functions. Um, sometimes I can be a rock star and get a great score and other times look at I can get a four on a desktop. So um, I, we just saw that everything passed and I'm gonna tell you what they don't like on this, okay? And why I don't like it. Um, I have a four meg movie that sits at the top of the screen and that's one of the things that they're not too happy with. So I would go and run it through here. Now that we know it's working on the other, in the other place, um, I would go ahead and run it through this as well. Um, we're gonna be talking a lot about page speed in the next few months, because when we get to May, Google's actually gonna take these core um, speed tests and put them and count them as a ranking variable. So we're gonna have to talk about all of this come come uh, May, towards May, and we're gonna start working at this at the beginning of the year. So some of it is how long does it take to the server response? Some of it is how, how many images we have. You see my, my 
server responded immediately. So there, there's really not any of those problems. The real problem on my whole site is the fact that I have this huge video sitting on that website. Um, there's also a lot of calls that I have because my website does a lot of different things on the homepage and the plugins are there. So I'm not alarmed. Other people get alarmed. I think the website's very fast. GT Metrics agrees. Um, just understand the difference between Google, um, Google as a uh, unit. The other thing is, if you look, I've got mobile as a seven, desktop's a fifth week. So understand that they, there's different metrics based on what, what you're loading it off of as well. So I'm not doing backflips, but I'm not worried either because it means giving up my movie then I don't want to give up my movie on the homepage. I just, if, unless they're going to take me off the front page of Google, I'm not going to take it down. So just understand that you got to be aware of the speed, make sure that you're doing good practices, make sure your, your images are not too big um, because you'll make people mad. Um, in my case, I'm okay if they're mad because I like the movie. So I hope you're laughing. If you kind of know me, you know, I have a very dry sense of humor. Okay, so the next thing we're going to talk about is plugins and some of the uh, like I'm assuming WordPress, but this kind of goes for any some of the things that I want to talk about on this are going to count for everybody so anybody that has any type of mechanism or web store. I want to make sure that you have something that will do what is called an abandoned cart okay. Um, and the reason I want you to have an abandoned cart situation going on. Um, is because what is happening in the world right now is everybody's kind of learned this game. Go to a website, you place an order. And once you place the order, um, you leave the item in the cart and you don't check all the way out. If you wait anywhere from 15 minutes to three hours, the next thing you know, here comes the 10 or 20% coupon off all retailers in some way, shape or form are doing that on abandoned carts. So if you don't have this particular set of type plugin and circumstance on your website, the end user is expecting that they don't know whether you're big or you're small or there's an expectation that you're going to do that. And when you don't, you basically lose the sale. Okay, the people aren't going to go, hmm, let me see. The people didn't send me an abandoned cart, so I'm going to go back and see if they don't have that policy. You've lost that sale. So if you get somebody that puts something in a shopping cart, by all means, make sure you have some type of mechanism that will go after them if they put something in a cart and give them a percentage off. Now, of course, if you sell a $7 bottle of spice, you can't go tracing them down. So make sure you use your head with this. And then, you know, the purchase amounts would be like over $50 will give you 10% off or, you know, over 10, you know, over a hundred dollars will give you $10 back or whatever you want to do. But on some level, make sure you have a way to uh, the abandoned cart aspect of it. The other thing that you need, um, the, the WooCommerce, um, excuse me, the WooCommerce uh, plugin for that is Automate Woo. Um, it's like $79 or something like that. It's good $79 to spend because it has some of those features in it that will allow um, that, you know, it'll chase after people, if you will. The other thing I think it has, 
is after three weeks or two weeks, it'll send an email out and ask the person to do a review for you because that's a very important thing. Um, that's social proof um, and that's equally as important. So you do want something that's gonna do that. That's not so much a holiday thing because if you don't have product reviews at this point, um, the horse is kind of out of the barn. But in the future going forward, I think you should have some manner of um, a uh, system that goes out and asks, asks people to review your stuff. Now, here's the thing. Amazon has been doing this. So anybody that is email shy and is afraid if you send emails to people, you may upset them. Um, I'd like to be just Bezos when I grow up. Okay, so don't be shy. Don't be afraid. The uh, the uh, plan is to get as close to Jeff Bezos as you can. Um, so understand that. Um, I do defer a lot of the times to see what Amazon's doing. My opinion is Amazon should be the, is like kind of like the gold standard, mostly not because I think they're some great retailer, um, but if they're doing it, they have tested out uh, colors, they've tested out positions, they've tested out how to interact, they've tested out how to interact. The pins are ordered in a certain way because they've tested that. I don't have an infinite amount of research uh, money to decide where on a page I should put the product details. Um, so if Amazon wants to put those product details towards the bottom of the page and only have a short description at the top, that tells me that they've tested it and I should have a short description at the top and the product details can go on the bottom. So I just want you to kind of wrap your head a little bit around. If you're unsure, go over there, look how they handle something and try to emulate it because nine out of 10 times, you're going to find that that works for you because it has been so well tested. Um, the other thing that I get a lot of feedback from customers is they'll tell me, nobody's buying. I'm getting traffic. Nobody's buying. And when I go, they have $25 shipping. Now, if I was in a room and I said that, I bet you all be shaking your head no. Nobody wants to pay shipping at this point. Amazon's reset that deck that you do not pay for shipping. So if the deck is reset and you know you don't pay for shipping, the chances are if you have to pay for shipping somewhere, you're going to be pretty unhappy about paying for shipping. So they have to have enough brand loyalty or the discount has to be enough for you to be willing to spend that money on the shipping. So just understand that you have to kind of understand the air, the, the, the pool you're playing in. Now, if you mail a light poles, you know, that you would make a parking lot pole, that might be very difficult or a commercial Christmas tree. That's a hundred feet. Well, that's a freight. And that's, I, I, you know, Amazon doesn't give you free freight and eat the cost on $150 worth of shipping. So I, there is some delimiters here, but if you sell something on the small side or you're doing something on the small side, um, make sure that it's, you know, you have um, some of that baked into your equations here. Um, the other thing that I would like to talk about a little bit too is make sure you price shop your competition. Um, because at the end of the day, the days of, oh, you're number one, we're just going to point and buy from you or, there's too many aggregators out there now that make suggestions on prices or tell you whether you have the best price. And in fact, frankly, 
I can even go to Amazon itself and there's stuff uh, in it that it says, oh, wait, you can get this cheaper over here if you go buy it over here. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of maybe getting myself a new MacBook. And I went to go buy one the other day and because I, I keep price shopping them. I want them. I really want it down under $2,000 is where I'm looking, right? So I went to go the other day and go look for one. And this thing popped up and it said, you can get this, this um, for a lesser price. And I said, well, that's good. So, but I went and looked at the site. I know nothing about them. I had no trust factor. So the lack of trust in my knowledge of those people was worth $100 for me not to go give them for the cheaper price. So understand that people make those determinations. They're going to make those determinations about your business. So you need to make sure that you're walking big, you're walking tall, you're acting in alignment with everybody else, and you look just as sharp as everybody else in this. Because if you don't, people are going to make those determinations and walk away. And this apparently, these people that I went to go compare it to were a pretty reasonable sized retailer. They weren't fly by night, but they... I was like, man, do I want to get involved with somebody that I don't know? So I ended up going back to Amazon and it's sitting in my cart right now. And I'm kind of waiting to see if I can find a better deal than the one I have right now. So even with the, with the suggestion that it gave me, I was not willing to um, do anything. The other thing, back to coupons, I don't know if you've noticed, but if you use some of these random generators, um, that some of them actually on your way out will check to see if there's an active coupon for that site. So coupons are extremely important um, and they seem to kind of uh, make a catalog, whether there's coupons, what those coupons would be, what, they, what it does. So just make sure that you're on par with your biggest competitor. There, there is no saying, well, I'm just a small business and I can't do that. Um, I, I've always believed in working with business to get them to walk, walk just as tall as their biggest competitor. And everybody should get that mindset in their head. Saying you're too small basically is seeding some of that um, ground. And as a small business owner, you really can't afford to seed ground. So I wouldn't seed ground. All right. So um, you always want to walk as big as you can. It doesn't matter if you're just one guy in your kitchen. You always want to walk as big as you possibly can. Okay. Uh, next thing is check for broken links on your website. Make sure you go to Google and check the links that they have and see that they don't have anything strange. Um, when you see strange links, when the things don't work right, it puts a bad taste in people's mouth and out the door they go. So I don't need to belabor that point. Um, Christmas can be pretty stressful. Now I told you from the beginning, I, I, when I got here that I do web hosting and I've been doing that for 20 years and Christmas is the busiest time in the web hosting world. Um, and you need to make sure that you have somebody that knows you, um, that they have the equipment that can scale. Um, if you end up, and this is a true story. Um, I had one of my customers uh, say, and this is go, this will kind of show you how far back it goes when it comes out of my mouth. But they called me and they said, Beth, we're going to be on the Jay Leno show. And I was like, okay. And don't you know that that server got smashed? And we never went, we, we had enough warning. We were in good shape. They didn't have a problem. But we had a flood of traffic 
for the time frames that the Leno show aired throughout the country. So we had a good, you know, three hour time window, a two hour time window between the East Coast airing and the West Coast airing that we had a whole lot of extra traffic running around. That hosting company needs to be able to handle that or there needs to be a policy that doesn't shut you off when those things happen. Um, another true story, I had a lady that made a purse and it was a unique purse that I can't remember what it was that was, but she found herself in the New York Times and then found herself on the Oprah Win Winfrey show. So we had the choice that, and most hosting companies will shut you down. I would never dream of shutting somebody down just because they made were successful. So know who you're doing business with, understand what your web hosting plans have. Also understand if they are slowing down your website. Sometimes from the server side, they can decide that you, just like you experience this more probably with your phone than you do a website in 2020. But you know, when you go over your, your bandwidth, um, all of a sudden your phone gets real slow. Um, so that's, that's where that gets, uh, that gets to be, uh, that can be a problem. Um, so all of these things add up. So know, understand who your web ghosting company is, understand the plan you have, make sure that you know um, what, uh, what's going on with that and, and understand that they have the power to slow your site down or impact your sales. If all of a sudden you start doing a thousand people an hour and your cash register starts ringing, the last thing you want is them taking you offline because that means you start losing money. Um, and that's never a good thing. Uh, so understand who you're doing business with. Um, somebody put in the thing, says, regarding page speed, how do I find someone to help if your scores are low than, that lower than what you like? I would tell you to call my office in the morning and I'll take a look at it and see what needs to be done and make some recommendations. We do that. We fix that all day, every day. Um, I, don't even, I don't even know how to tell you to go find somebody because it's not like people have little shingles out that say, we're here to help with page speed. So um, I have a lot of questions on that, but I, just call the office in the morning and we'll give you a hand. Um, the next one is understanding checkout and security. Um, and, it, and this, isn't, this can be a little bit undaunting for um, small business owners, um, but how do I want to say this? Your checkout process, you should never touch somebody's credit card. Now, as I say that, I can hear the little butt butts going on in your heads. Um, and the thing, here's the thing. And, and again, there's a lot of experience behind this. If the customer puts the credit card directly into the website and you do not capture the information on your server, but it goes directly to the merchant gateway. That means that if that something happens to that credit card, you were not in the chain of command. And that's an important thing. Um, I often see uh, business owners, somebody will call in on the phone. I watch them scribble a credit card number on their, their notebook next to their phone. Um, Again, real life story. I had somebody call me and say, Beth, you know, the website was broken into. And I said, no, it wasn't. Said, yes, it was. They stole our credit cards. Okay, so about an hour goes by. 
and he calls back and he said, oh, we found the problem. Our One of their staff was writing credit card numbers in their tablet and the janitor crew was coming in in the evening, going through the notebooks and taking the, cre the, the credit cards off, the, off, their, off their piece of paper. So you don't ever really want to be to a point where that you're taking those credit cards. You want the customer to put the credit card in themselves. You want to, if they want to call you and they need help and you want to take the order over the phone, great. You need to type the credit card directly into the website. Um, the other thing you don't do ever, when I say ever, 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 is take a credit card in an email and have it sent to yourself. Um, that's one of the most insecure ways and that's just a disaster waiting to happen. So do not take credit cards or payments that you have somebody type them in a form and they go, they always should go right to a merchant provider or right to a gateway. So just understand that that's out there. There's a lot of sophistication in the systems uh, now. Uh, most of these systems, if you like buy something like WooCommerce from uh, WordPress or even Shopify, um, although they're favorites, we know that, but um, any of them, you never touch the credit card. And as a small business owner, you should do everything you can to stay out of that business if you can. Um, the next thing I'm going to say in that is you need to have a data protect data protection policy. So what, how do you handle people's data? What do you do to make sure that they're okay? Um, how do you, how, what is, what is the chain of command on things? Um, and then you need a privacy policy so you can tell people how and what you're going to do with their data. Every website in the United States of America needs a policy, a privacy policy on it. Um, I don't care if you're a little tiny guy or you're, you're Jeff Bezos. You need a privacy policy on your website, period, end of story. The other little unknown thing is that without said privacy policy, Google is not so happy with you and they're less likely to rank your website. So you need to have a privacy policy without exception. And you really should have an idea in your head of how you're going to protect people's data. Um, I wouldn't expect you to say, we write it down. And then when we're done to it, we take it to our shredder. I mean, I, uh, if that's your policy, great. Don't go write that on a website. But at least know that that's what you need to do. Um, what I will tell you is I know small business owners with boxes in their garage. I mean, I, I know mortgage guy that had like every mortgage application he ever made with everybody's social security number in his garage. Um, so uh, that's a, that's a problem there. So somebody said to me, what's my problem? What's my thoughts on Yahoo small business hosting? So this is another, I speak anecdotally because I think sometimes it's easier for everybody to understand. Um, part of the way I ended up being a web hosting company is I was a web design company and uh, well, Yahoo Small Business Hosting took over our hosting provider. And I called them one day because I needed some help on something that was going on with the server. And I said, ma'am, we don't help you work on front page. That's not our job. And I said, well, I guess I'm not your customer. And I hung up the phone and started my own company. You decide what you want to do with that sense. But that's my opinion of Yahoo Small Business Hosting. Um, the other thing that we do, my company does, is we do a lot of complaints um, through 2Cows. 2Cows um, is a domain registration provider. 
um, and they register domains on behalf of people like Yahoo, Small Business, Squarespace. There's a whole host of them. We handle and help handle a lot of complaints for those companies. Um, I don't know that I think that there's a proper chain of command on domains. Um, they don't have a way to renew them. They don't have a way to manage them. And in a lot of ways, they don't even know um, what to do with them. Um, you know, if somebody said to me, who do you recommend? Obviously, I do it myself for a reason. And we're, we're fairly, we're a mid-sized hosting company. So from that standpoint, but if you wanted to go somewhere other than me, I would say Bluehost is really the only real alternative out there that the rest of them are all pretty bad. Um, at least Bluehost is a hosting company. They're not a front for something else. Um, they don't have these little terms of service nooks and crannies that, that stop your website if your website gets busy. Um, they slow the line speed down if the website does too much traffic. Um, Google is a good thing. If Google comes in and let's say, all right, so I have websites that are anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 pages. When Google hits my website, there's a heck of a burst and a stress on, the, on, a, on a server because of how many pages they're sucking out in one second. If you re impede Google like that, the next thing you know, your site's not ranking as well as it should be. Um, server security is another thing. If they're hosting porn in the next piece of the server over from you, you're penalized for that. If we have a mail bomber in another part of the server, you're penalized for that. So these all start to get a little crazy of knowing who you're doing business with because there's a lot of pitfalls. And in part, that is, I was so aggravated with everybody. That's why I ended up just doing it myself because back when I was in my 30s, that, that was my answer to everything. Whenever somebody would say something to me and I didn't like the answer, I would just go, fine, I'll do it myself. And a lot of what I have and I've amassed and the business that I built was a lot of it was born out of fine, I'll do it myself. Um, I hope most business owners, small business owners can empathize with that because I think we, a lot of us have that same uh, mentality, if you will, of doing it yourself and just get not to get away with it or not to have to deal with it. That it's just better to do it than to deal with incompetence. So that's my story on that. But security and data, data handling and privacy statements are really important. Um, the other thing I'm going to mention to you, um, and I'm going to try to do this as best as I possibly can, is um, there's a thing in Europe, and it's called GRDP. And what it is, is a cookie and handling policy and how you handle your end users' data and security. Security, um, and it was done for all of the European Union countries. But here's where this gets to be a little bit of a sticky wicket. Um, it was done to really go after Google, is who it was done to go after. Because Google takes the data and doesn't necessarily process it in, process it in the manner that protects the end user's privacy. Um, there's a lot of debate on that, and we can we can have a whole talk on that if we ever wanted to. But um, that would be one of the things that um, I would I would want to point out. But the GRDP, you're going to say to me, why would you want to tell me about that? Well, I don't. There is a lot of people that live in the United States of America that are actually citizens of Europe. And your website 
if it doesn't comply, no matter where they are on the globe, you can be on the hook for not being compliant. So everybody should have a GRDP statement on their website. And what you do is you see it and it says, you know, privacy policy, click here. I agree to accept cookies. You see these things all over the place. They're very, they're very common things that you run into on the internet. Um, and anybody in the United States that has a citizenship in Europe theoretically can come after you if you don't have a GRDP statement, okay? The brilliance that the European Union did, and I, and I, and I actually have a little slight opinion on this, but the fine for mishandling a European Union citizen's data is a million dollars. So it's punitive. So the best thing to do is put the statement on your website and not have to worry about it. Um, what I was what I was gonna say is that there was a lot of discussion about how a European law can affect a United States citizen, um, but you know it, there's some problems there with that. But nobody's ever really thought to get in there and fix it. And honestly, I've never really heard of somebody being fined the million dollars. But on on the other side of the coin, everybody ran in and made sure they were GRDP compliant. So. I, you know, there's, if you're using WordPress, there's little plugins that you can put, it pops the box up, you're golden and on your way you go. So, but I would make sure that you did that just in case you had a problem. Um, one thing that if you haven't done it yet, now is the time to write your holiday content. That is very important. Um, your holiday, con your holiday con content should start to be being put up now. And you should have that planned out. If you haven't planned it yet, tomorrow morning, when the first time your little feet hit the carpet, that should be the first order of business that you do is get your plan in place for your content for the holidays. Um, it is an extremely important set of circumstances. Um, yeah, somebody else put just here in this thing here. I'm kind of yeah. I'm saying GRDP. Somebody else said mindful of CCPA and the New York and the NY Shield. There's other ones, but if you're GRDP compliant, usually those plus, those plugins also have the CCPAs and New York Shields in them. So you, if you do it, you it kind of covers you for all of them because the plugins that I've seen have everybody in it. So. Um, just kind of put that in your thought. Thank you for pointing that out. It's a great point. Um, most of the plugins do double duty and handle all of them. The bad part is the small business owner who pays the price for this. And that's the part that I necessarily agree with. Um, Google's the one that's causing the problem. You should go take and solve it with Google and don't come back and tell me that I'm doing something wrong. I'm not stealing your privacy. I'm not using cookies for nefarious things to sell your data to some aggregator. No. So, um, I, you know, that's just the nature to be of where we live, I think, in the world we live in. So, um, all right, somebody else said, how do we fix when the check uh, checkout cart isn't working so nothing can be purchased? Okay, so that's like going to the doctor and asking the doctor, and saying, my head hurts. You could have a brain tumor or you could have just eaten an ice cream cone. Um, why a cart doesn't work. Um, 
is uh, got a lot of variance on what that is. So um, I, I would have some questions. It, I mean, you're more than welcome if you want to call the office tomorrow and give it to me and I'll see if I can at least point your nose if it's something. Um, what I will tell you is that if you have not updated WordPress, for those of you using WordPress, WordPress has had some pretty major updates go on in the last few weeks. Um, make sure that everything's up to date because some of the checkout items don't work. The other thing is everybody should be using a caching server. Very important thing is you have to purge the caching server um, from time to time or checkouts might not work. So that's why I kind of tell everybody to check, check out. Um, I also have had another, another person that just forgot to pay his merchant gateway. So there is so many different reasons that a shopping cart isn't working. Um, it could be the errors between the chair and the keyboard, or it could be something way far out there that you have no idea. So there's a big, wide swath of my checkout isn't working. All right, so let's see, holiday content. Um, the other thing is figure out what's the most popular thing you sell and feature that on your homepage, at least during Christmas. And I would make a little Christmassy kind of motif on your website so people know that you're actually alive and that you are, uh, you know, decking that up and doing that up for Christmas. So um, whatever you sell, move it to um, your front page and get that to where people have it more um, more readily available. And you know, do some do some holiday decorating on your website. There's no sin in that. Um, the other thing is. I sometimes I ask business owners, what's the most popular thing they sell? They can't answer me. I have a really big problem when somebody can't tell me what is the most popular thing you sell. It seems to me counterintuitive. If you don't know, let's figure out why you don't know. Okay. Um, uh, one guy answered me. He's got a legitimate excuse. He's got something like 10,000 SKUs. I can understand that maybe you don't know. But you should, uh, one of the very first thing that I did is I turned on Monster Insights and turned the e-commerce feature on. So now he actually knows what he sells the most, most by pieces and most by dollar amounts. Um, and that way he knows how to make the best sites of um, best pieces of, the, uh, of instructions. Um, next one on my list is I actually sat and made a list. I, I actually have a three-page list here. So we're just going to kind of keep trucking through them. Um, is everybody good? Anybody have any questions in the meantime? Okay. All right. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is email and coupons. All right. Um, and this dove, dovetails a little bit into the gift certificate realm that the person, the first person asked me about how do I sell gift certificates? First of all, if you're using something like WooCommerce or WooCommerce, or Shopify, there's plugins for both of them that will allow you to add a gift certificate program that the end user can buy the gift certificate, it issues it a serial number and they can print it right out on their computer. Um, and that's kind of what you want, you want it to do. Um, you want to be able to go in and then buy it, it gets a number, you have the number, the system has the number and it all matches up. So there's a bunch of plugins out there that will do that. Um, the other thing that I think you need to do 
is you need to have an email software program that does a few different things, okay? I, I wanna kind of talk through this a little bit too. Um, I, have, I believe that email ties into all of this. Um, Big Commerce, is that what, John, is that what you're asking? And you're just saying, are you saying WooCommerce because you can't understand me tonight? I'm guessing maybe you want, Woo is W-O-O or big is B-I-G, but I'm talking about WooCommerce. Okay. Um, okay. All right, good. Um, email's vitally important, I think, to everything now. And I think people are getting far to, again, thanks to Amazon, uh, getting specials, getting promotions, getting promotional items, getting money off, um, and it being done on a daily basis, if not hourly, okay? And as we start into the Christmas season, you're going to see this happen more and more. So just think about some of the things that you see over the course of your day. Um, you may see a um, email from Williams-Sonoma. You may see one from Old Navy. These are the things that I see. Old Navy knows that I buy little boys clothes uh, for uh, my little, my little grandnephew, okay? I buy stuff. So they're always sending me um, coupons on that. I always get information on that. Um, and um, when you do that, uh, um, you, uh, you start I'm looking at a question here. I apologize. They're constantly emailing me information because they know that's what I buy from them. So if you can start to put together those types of lists, there's, th there's ways to help you do that. Um, and then everybody should be gathering email information. Everybody should be using social media. Everybody should be putting forth an effort to reach your customers. If somebody comes to you and you have the ability to go back at them on a regular basis, you need to take that opportunity. Um, people buy from what they know, who they know. And I find myself even... I don't really go out much and look over the internet. I, like I said to you the other day, just before, I was going to buy a MacBook. I've gone to Apple. I know what Apple wants. It seems that Apple has a deal with Amazon and it's 200 and some odd dollars cheaper if I buy it through Amazon. Um, I went to Best Buy. Best Buy is the same price as Apple, but it has a, I go to the places I know. I don't really deviate off the beaten track anymore. And I think that's what most people do these days. Where do they feel safe? How do they feel safe? Is their credit card going to get stolen? You may consciously know you're doing these things, um, but you are. Now, what I will say is, um, I, I'm a, my company's colors are black and red, and I have a lot of uh, black and red tartan type thing here. So I saw a pair of flannel shoes and I was like, okay, I am buying red, black, and red flannel shoes. Really cool. So I went and signed up for them. I was okay to do that there because if I lose, I only lose $25 because they were cheap. So you are making these determinations is what is the value of something? Where should you go and what should you do? 
you need to cement those relationships. If you are so lucky to make a sale with somebody, you need to cement those relationships and you need to constantly going back out to them and making offers to them so they continue to buy. Because although we may get through the Christmas season, after that, there's Valentine's Day, there's Mother's Day, there's Father's Day, there's birthdays, there's multiple selling opportunities throughout the year that that person may come back and buy something from you. So it's, a, it's an important habit to get into. I also think from a business standpoint, it's an important habit to get into because what ends up happening is you remind people that you are out there and that's a big deal. That's a big thing that you need to remind people in this earth that you are out there um, and to come and give you the business and not the next guy. So if you don't remind them, they may not come back, okay? So email is a really powerful weapon in this fight right now, okay? So understand my position on this. I want to email coupons. I want to email private sales. I want to email offers. I want to make sure that I'm putting stuff up. And now is the time to sit down and every email you are going to send be between now and December the 15th. Why I'm saying December the 15th is because after you get to December the 15th, you get all the panic shoppers and they are willing to pay a little bit more. So I may not need to entice them as much, but between now and December the 15th, those people, you need to be speaking to them every day about coming and buying and you need to have a plan. So I talked to somebody yesterday um, and we pulled up a calendar and we came up with, I'm going to sit down with them next Friday, and we're going to come up with a series of emails that are going to go out the week of Black Friday, the uh, night of Thanksgiving, the morning of Black Friday, um, the Sunday before Cyber Monday, and then several emails on Cyber Monday, and then we'll just send a normal stream after that. But we're going to make emails. I'm going to go ahead and set up now on November the whatever it is, next Friday. I'm going to set up all our holiday scheduled emails uh, with them so that they're all in there and all ready to go out on the dates and the times that I want them to go out on. Um, and everybody should be thinking about that. That's something that you should be thinking about now. What specials do you want to offer? Now, here's where some things might change. So this guy uh, will... Um, um, he's bought like a thousand units. So he said to me, I want to get rid of all a thousand units by the end of, by the end of Christmas. I'd like to get rid of all a thousand units by the end of November. That's kind of where I'm looking at it from. I may be being too ambitious, but if anything you'll learn by hanging out with me, I am always too ambitious. And I always challenge myself to meet those goals. That's my that's my challenge in life is that if I say something, there's no, no being too ambitious. We're going to do everything we can to get there. And that's what I intend to do and why I'm setting all these things up. We're going to have it flying out with coupons and money off. And if you buy 10, if you have a program, you know, if you buy 20, we're going to have multiple programs to be able to address this. Um, I need to challenge you to all start thinking like that. Uh, sit down, map it out on paper. And figure out what you're going to do between now and the and December the 15th. If you don't have an email list today, the, the, 
the person that has the hair salon, um, Mahalia, I, I think I'm saying that right. Can you tell me in the scroll or in the chat, um, do you get the email list of your customers uh, or have some type of frequent flyer uh, hair stylist program with them that you've been collecting emails for? And, and if the answer is no, that's okay. I don't mean to put you on a spot, but I'm going to turn around and say to you, that's what you need to do. Um, because I, I think these are important things and I don't maybe you're not even still here because I don't see that you're answering. So, um, but my, I'm of the opinion is that, oh wait, hold on. Yes, ma'am. When I style for them the first time, I have them fill out a form. Okay. So the next thing you need to do is make sure that you have a program like MailChimp or constant contacts. I'm going to tell you that I think MailChimp isn't less expensive. That's MailChimp's my go-to. It's easier to use. I'm much happier. Constant contacts makes me constantly irritated. So that's my opinion there. But you need to make sure that you take something. Um, and now for the holidays, you know, send them an email that says, give the gift of beauty or, you know, give, give your, give, you know, whatever, whatever you think you want to do. I don't know what kind of hairstyles you are. I don't know if you're just like a haircutter or if you're actually, you know, kind of, you know, now's the time for a new look, give them a new look and um, go ahead and send out a thing that, and this is this I'm, I'm going to tell everybody, I think you kind of should challenge you to do this a little bit too. $25 gift certificate, right? Sell it at $22. You don't have to make, you don't have to charge it at the face. You give them a discount. They get a bigger gift certificate and they feel like they've gotten something from you. Um, you know, 10, 10% off on all gift, gift cards. So $25, I'll give you $2 and 50 cents off you know, start to incentivize that purchase because then what happens is you get that second customer. So to me, that's marketing money. If I sell gift certificates with a $25 face for $20, that $5 is marketing money because that's a new customer for me. Or it may be a new customer for me, somebody that may not, you know, I may not normally see. So be willing to kind of think out of the box with that. But if you have an email list, now would be the time to start because people are already thinking I already, I went to the rent fair this week and I already got three people checked off my Christmas list. Now is the time to start getting those Christmas presents for people. So reach out to people next week and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're offering this and put something pithy on there that, you know, new style, new year, new you. I mean, and put a, send that out. And I hope you're taking notes because I can't remember what I just said, but go ahead and put that out there and send them all an email now. Um, and let your existing customers know that they can buy a gift certificate. The other thing that they may do is they may just buy their next haircut with a discount. And I'm okay with that too, because I'm now guaranteed that business. So just kind of put all of that in your thought process. We all should be putting that in our thought process. Coupons, incentizing, email, interacting, wildly important. Um, it's a really good deal and it really should be done. The other thing is, um, I told, remember I told you get your holiday content ready now. In that holiday content, start thinking about if you can incentize in it. And those should be blog posts. We've talked about how to put content up and I've talked about that repeatedly and I'm going to keep talking about that repeatedly. But when you put a blog post up, if you're, think about something you want to sell. So, let's, let's, let's kind of look at this. Let's say I sell a bottle of oregano. 
okay? Um, if I sell a bottle of oregano, I would be putting out blog posts that talk about how to use oregano in my holiday recipes. And then I'd have a little link to a bottle of oregano that you can buy and make that be part of your holiday recipe. I'd actually do that. That that needs to be that. That's when the person that just says, can you do holiday contact in your Facebook, all of that? Yes, that's my next one on my list. So we're going to save that for a minute. Um, so, but I want everybody to start making sure that they're looking to go do these things and start thinking about how am I going to reach out to the people that I have? And with that, we're now going to talk about Facebook and Google. So the next piece of this, um, my number 14 on my list, I actually did, I made a whole list. I usually don't make a list, but there's so much as I sat down and thought about this. I said, I need to make a list or I'm going to forget something. So, um, and we're on, we have another whole page. So, um, but anyway, AdWords and Facebook. Um, I want to talk about that too. I am not usually, I, you know what? I'm going to change what I'm going to say. I was going to say, I'm not usually an advocate of paid advertising, but I am. Um, I deal a lot with getting people ranked in the first spot of Google. But there's a lot to be said to have supporting ads around that when it's not the holiday season. So I have ads on SEO 411. I bid on my own name. It doesn't cost us a lot of money, but I have, you know, I spend a couple hundred dollars a month at Google just uh, with some base AdWords. Um, now is the time to do things like having a Facebook or an Instagram. So the person, again, Mahalia, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, she's a hairstylist. So she should be putting ads out on Facebook, ads out on Google for, you know, the other thing is, I don't know when you had, you say your hairstyles, if you actually sell things at the salon or you work some for somebody that that would put money in their pocket. But you, if you are the business owner, maybe you even want to put stuff up for hair care products. All right. Um, but the, the reality is that um, I might be putting out, give a unique gift to your friend and get them a makeover, get them a haircut um, and make an ad for Facebook, make a before and after ad for Instagram, um, come up with these ways to handle these things. Uh, the other thing I would be doing is AdWords. Now, this is what we're not going to do with AdWords because I'm not going to turn you all loose with your credit cards on AdWords without kind of giving you some basic pointers. First of all, if you're going to put up something, like I'm going to put up one on Monday that's going to talk about unique holiday gifts for corporations. So what I did was make a corporate gift section on the website, put a page in, that was designed specifically for corporate gifts. So when I pulled my ad, I'm not making a link to my homepage. I'm making a link to the corporate gifts page. If I was running a vacation site, I wouldn't put it to the front page of the vacation site. I, if I was for honeymoon trips, I would put it to honeymoons. The mistake that most business owners make when they do not have somebody that knows how to run an AdWords campaign is they just take the ad and point it to their homepage. Now, 
one could argue, Beth, you're putting all your ads on the page. Yes, I am, because my homepage talks about what I do, which is SEO. So it made sense to put it to that page and not put it to an internal page. I did that on purpose. I do have a web design page, however, that the web design ads go to the web design page. So everything that you do, the ad should match the query. If you have to make 15 ads because you have 15 products, make 15 ads. Because if you don't, all you're doing is giving away free money to Google. You don't need to give Google money. They have plenty. I promise you they have more money than you'll ever count. So I would not be giving them extra money if you don't have to, okay? So make sure, now granted, we could have a whole AdWords class. We could talk about pivot tables. We could talk about all this crazy stuff in the, that the Google SEM people that, that's, that work on AdWords campaigns talk about. That's not what I'm here to do tonight. We're not running an SEM class. But what I am here to tell you is that during the holiday season, you might want to take out some level of a budget, put out, a, you know, a thousand bucks and make sure you put out a really well-pointed and well-constructed uh, campaign. Unique corporate gifts goes to a unique corporate gift page. Uh, olives go to an olive page. Whatever you're selling, make sure you match it, okay? Because that's important. Now, I'm going to tell everybody this too. You should have, this is going to sound so convoluted, so just bear with me. First of all, there's these little things called pixels. And what they are, are just little, they, they are a one by one point square of an, a, a see-through image. And what it does is it forces it to load so that they can set cookies on people's computers. Um, the point of the matter is, is that Facebook calls theirs a Facebook pixel, but Google has a cell phone called the pixel don't get them confused because you also need to put a retargeting cookie or a pixel on your Google AdWords account. So you should have the pixel running off the AdWords account and you should have the pixel running off your Facebook account. Um, there are snippets of code that need to go into your website. If you're using WordPress, there's plugins that you can do it with. Um, probably the hardest part for you to do is going to be to read the instructions to put the get to generate the pixel for your account. But what happens is this. And this has got to be a little bit well-coordinated. Every person that gets, goes to your website will get a cookie or a pixel placed on their computer. So if I run an AdWords campaign and I run a Facebook campaign, the person comes from Google AdWords, they get the pixels dropped on their computer, they go to Facebook, and the next thing they do is get the ad for your for your uh, company. That's how when you go and you buy a, you go to look to buy a car and the next thing you know, you start getting ads immediately on Facebook. Um, it's because of these cookies. So you want to make sure that the traffic that you're driving through AdWords or through organic search, because it works both ways, you want to make sure that you get a cookie on that computer. And then you want to make sure that you're running a low end Facebook ad campaign so that you're getting and people scroll all the time. Okay. Now that can be confusing. That can be a mouthful, but especially this time of the year, 
um, you need to make sure that you are doing these type things. And you're, because what happens is um, you need 17 to 23 touches on somebody. Uh, you know, some people are saying it's as high as 23 now for the longest time. It used to be three. What I mean is um, I could, you, I could, I could see you once. I could see you twice on the internet. I could see you the third time. And by that third time you have brand familiarity. But the thing is we're so inundated now with um, messaging and branding and advertising um, that what's happening is you tune it out till you get to about 17 to 20 times. So these pixels and this targeting campaign allows people to have repetitive contact with you and see your brand repetitively. So it starts to get into their psyche and they feel comfortable to buy from you. So that's a whole big roundabout way to say everything. But for the holiday season, you need to make sure you have your pixels. You need to have all AdWords budget and you need to make sure that you have a page on your website that matches the ad. Do not just go set up an ad and send it to your homepage because that's gonna be the least successful and you're gonna walk away saying, I just spent $1,000 on nothing. So don't do that, all right? So, but I do think that everybody should have these. So does anybody have any questions on that? Because that's a very important one. Um, this next one says, how would you advertise unusual businesses? Are, are you talking about a notary service? Is that what you mean on that? Um, and the reason, I, the reason I'm asking that question is because I'm not, if, that, if it's about a notary service, I would put, no, I put it under notary service. There's, that's, that's not very, that's not an unusual situation per se there. Um, so I need a little bit more about what is this unusual business that we're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, people are looking for online notaries all the time. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to give you some free advice on this. Um, people that are looking to do remote hiring would be looking for you. And the reason why is because the I-9 process has to be certified. So an online notary service that could help process you can work that out you need to to look for people that are doing remote hiring and everybody's doing remote hiring because of covid so you actually are in a great spot i don't know that that's a christmas item per se um but you know I, that's some of the things that i would be that i would be looking at to do is i would be working towards businesses like who could use your services um I don't know. I mean, just, I guess every average everyday citizens can use it too, but I, I don't know how many people are out there looking for a notary service on a regular basis. I'd have to do some research on that, but you do remote hires should be a boon for you. Um, you also asked a question about, should we pay to get email addresses? And I think what you're doing is asking me about, should you buy an email list? And I don't know how I feel about that because I think a lot of them are just not they're older. So I don't know that I think that there's a lot of value to them, but that's just, I mean, you have to make sure that that source for that list is unassailable. Like if you were going to pay the sake to Chamber of Commerce, I'd be okay with that because I know their list is good. But if you were going to go buy that from a person that, you know, selling email addresses on a street corner, I wouldn't buy those because they're probably like the Rolex watch, watch in somebody's jacket that, you know, they open it up and then the watch is down their arm. So just depends on where you're buying it from 
how well I would trust it. Okay, so as we're talking about um, this says, I hate being spam. I know where I've been. So uh, yeah, I and hear you on that. Um, that's why I just, the, the people that sell email addresses, I just, but a chamber of commerce, I think, I, you know, I, on some level, you would expect to hear from a chamber member. So I wouldn't be too upset about a chamber of commerce wanting to, um, wanting to, to use their list. So if you're a member or a chamber member, I would, I would look at something like that. Okay, headlines. Headlines are really important. Um, this is kind of, I'm going to be a little bit biased for a second. I think everybody under the age of 40 doesn't read. They scan headlines. And if the headline sounds good, they think they know the whole story just because what the headline says. And I think a lot of the time headlines can be really, really misleading. But we're going to take that misleading uh, headline reading and we're going to take the, uh, the, uh, things that people would put and we're going to use them in our ads and we're going to use them in our emails and we're going to use them as our subject line. So I'm going to read off a few of them for you. Free shipping. That's a biggie. Okay. Um, time sensitive type things like last call, uh, inventory liquidation, uh, flash sale, anything that has some kind of a, um, delimiter of time that if you don't act now, you may uh, miss out. And you'll notice a lot of the times that when you put stuff in a basket, sometimes it starts counting down how long you will get that price for. And I never really know whether that's true or it's not true. Because a lot of the times you can't really tell whether that's just if I come back in three days, if that counter is still counting down or not. So um, but I would think that I would want to make sure that I had all kinds of, um, you know, like I said, um, time sensitive special offers, uh, discounted money off any of those type of things, um, start to get to be, uh, headlines that make people interact with you. So you want to make sure that you do everything that you can to, to make sure that you do that. Now, I'm going to say I run an email list for this class that I send stuff out as I am consistent as the day is long. I don't, other than I send out the blog posts. All right. And they all say, you know, internet marketing clinic, uh, episode number. Um, we send the link to the video. We send the link to the podcast in the show notes and we send out that out to everybody. And the other thing that we send out is the monthly schedule that tells you all the classes that we have um, on digital marketing, um, where they are, what the times are. They have the Zoom links in them. Uh, HCCs doesn't have the Zoom links in them. You have to register through their system, but that's okay. Um, but every single month, I'm consistent in what I do. My headlines are the same because everybody's come to expect it. And in fact, frankly, if I run past the second or the third of the month, because I'm running late, I get people asking, are you okay? Something happened? What? Because people are looking for that email and they're looking for that subject line. So I'm consistent in what I do. I let people know what we're doing. I make sure that I have the right set of information for them. Um, the, that subject line or the headline on your page or the headline on your ad 
is going to be wildly important. So make sure that we have some of these, like I said, free, time sensitive, um, last call, flash sale, anything along those lines work well. Um, at least during the holidays, because I am not an advocate of this under a normal circumstance, um, have a pop-up for first-time users that you give them a coupon purchase off. If they give you your email, you'll give them, if they join the site, you'll give them an offer off their first off their first purchase. I think that's an important thing to do. Now's a really good time to start making connections with these people, get to know them. If you can get them to give you your email address, fantastic, because you'll, you know, you've now made a connection with somebody and they're more apt to do work with you. So make sure you consider some type of a pop-up. The reason that I say that I'm not thrilled with it, but during the holidays, I'm kind of okay with it is because Google does penalize for those pop-ups. Um, they don't like them. Um, and therefore, anybody getting penalized, there's a thing out there, it's called an interstitial penalty, and it has to do with these pop-ups and how they block the screens, and if the user can get off the screen. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be an advocate to do that for long-term, but I am an advocate to do that for short-term. Um, next thing, your website should have a predictive search plugin. And what I mean when I say that is that it will start to, when the user starts to type, it gives selections of what's available. Now, WordPress has lots of plugins to alter the search functions on the website. I think this one does it. Um, let me see. Let me confirm that. Hold on a minute. All right, see, I put the word gold and it's given me the two, it's already given me two of the items that may be um, in a search that matches. So it's given me, I didn't even have to finish what my search was for. It already gave me a bunch of options. That's what a predictive search is. This one's a little bit on steroids because we actually told it to include the, the menu in the search. Um, but you should have something that makes those suggestions that if I'm looking for X, it gives me the options on the website. So I, I greatly would consider making a, putting a predictive search on the, uh, the uh, website. This is being run this one. There's a plugin on this one that's running this. Um, and it's something like it was like uh, $90, $80, something like that. It was nothing earth shattering. Um, but it does give the option to the user to be able to see the products and it makes suggestions based on proper popularity and age of the product. So make sure that you have some kind of predictive search to help your user. The other thing it does is help the user buy, which is ultimately what we're talking about here. So make sure um, we're talking about buying stuff. Uh, the next thing I'm going to tell you to do is to automate as many tasks as possible. So when I sign off of here tonight, one thing that I'm going to go do is I have a customer that I need to post a couple blog posts for. And what I'm going to do with those blog posts is I'm going to post three of them tonight. One will fire off tomorrow and the other two will fire off on Tuesday and Thursday of next week. 
Um, it is so that I do not have to touch this account for the next two weeks because I've done all the scheduling. So I have automated that task. Now, let me tell you what else is automated as I do that task. Because everything is automated start to finish after I do this. So I take the blog post, I enter it in, I have a plugin that e emails the customer when the blog post goes live, not the customer, the audience. So I have it hooked up to my MailChimp account, 53,000 emails go out every time I send one of these blog posts out. I don't have to go and physically make that email. I am having the, the blogging system do that. So that's the first one. The next thing that's automatically set up, and actually SEO 411s is set up this way as well. Um, when I put a blog post up, it sends it out to social media automatically for me. And I don't have to go trot myself to Facebook or LinkedIn or Pinterest or uh, Instagram. It does all of it for me from the point that it's, per that it's posted. The other thing that I have automated to the tune of eight a day is I have a couple hundred blog posts now um, because I, we've kind of really made sure we're putting out blog posts. So we have a couple hundred of them. And what I ended up making sure that I did was uh, I go in at the first of every month and I schedule blog posts. I have a button. I literally button. I tell it pick out of this pool of blog posts and it goes and sets a schedule for the next 30 or 50 days for me, whatever I choose. And it'll, it'll pick, you know, three to eight posts a day. And it goes and posts them on social media for me as if I'm sitting there posting them. What happens is I am getting a much larger engagement. But what I did is I automated that entire process start to finish. So I literally could go, there's what, about six weeks left in the year. I literally could sit down over the next six, six weeks and tell and finish all the posts between now and the end of the year I can have done within this next little bit. Only thing that I would have to supplement is this class because um, I, I'll have to wait for the recording of it to come back. So once I do that, I'll take all my little points, I'll put them in a list, I'll stick them up on the internet with this class. That would be everything else is going to be pre-programmed for me. That would be the only one I would ever have to do by hand. So I am going to encourage you and do as much as you can and think about how can I automate every process I do. That's extremely important. So here's the next thing. Make sure you have a live chat on your website. Every website should have a live chat. And let me tell you why. And then the next question is going to be, who's going to answer the live chat? Because I get that as the second question. The problem is... Those people that are under the age of 35 do not like to talk to people. And if I have people in the room that are under the age of 35, I'm sorry, but you don't like to talk to people. I sometimes have to text the person across the room because they'll answer their cell phone faster than I'll say, can you do blah, blah, blah? Or did you see that? Or did you? Because you all are a texting generation. Okay. So when I have a chat on my website, that's going to catch that group of people. The next problem that we have is the press one for English bunch, because you can't call any place in America and get someplace and get to somebody without punch this. Your whole time is 30 minutes. 
uh, you're going to sit there. If I can do a chat and I can do a chat with a live person, I'm more apt to go down that road because I can use the chat and sometimes I can even get a phone number or get that person to call me because what I'm asking to do exceeds what the capabilities of the chat should be. So I'm going to say to you that every website should have a chat on it. There's, um, I, I always tell everybody to use a lot of chat ink. It's $39 a month. If you can't do that, there's Facebook Messenger. You can do that for free uh, using your Facebook account. The only problem is, is if that person doesn't have Facebook, you're going to lose them. So I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that option, but I do recognize that some people don't want to spend the $39. So that's that story. Um, the next thing I'm going to say is great photos. There is no replacement for thing that for photos that look great. Um, and in fact, frankly, it's a little ironic that I have this website up because this website has great photos on it. Um, and if you come down here and let's just pick this here. If you see everything's got these great spectacular rooms and room scenes on them so that you can understand what you're looking at when you're trying to pick your marble and deciding what to do, or your tile rather, and deciding what to do. So there's nothing uh, that can help you more than to have great, great photos. Um, the other thing is you too can be a graphic designer if you have a little bit of creativity with uh, Canva, which is a website that you can go to and you can create your own graphics. So there is not any excuse for you to have ugly graphics, bad graphics, uh, graphics that are distorted, graphics that don't fit great, graphics that are pixelated. Because when you do that and stuff looks that bad, what ends up happening is the end user walks away. Everything, there is literally, there is no excuse and size is not an excuse for you to have bad graphics at this point in the world, okay? Even your cell phone takes good enough graphics for you to put on a website. So I don't want to sound preachy on graphics, but I'm going to tell you that bad graphics, there's no excuse for it. Um, let's see, what's the next one? Um, I can't read my own handwriting, so I'm going to skip the next one because I don't know what it says. Um, but that one after that says reviews versus testimonials. And I want to talk about this. There, I have had a rash of 55 plus year olds come up to me and insist they want to put testimonials on their website. And I have to be not nice about it and tell them, no, you can't do that. And I always feel bad when I have to tell people no. And the reason why is because nobody knows if they are real. All right. So then you go to a website, you have no way to know if they're real or not. So what you need to really do is you need to procure reviews for your website outside uh, on places like Google I'm not thrilled with a Facebook one just simply because, again, Facebook's is behind the login and password. Somebody doesn't have Facebook. It can be a little bit of a problem. Okay. But here, let me go here to SEO 411 and I'll show you what we did here. Uh, if I go to the About Us page, 
you'll see what I did is we pulled these in. You notice it says view post. If you click on it, it goes right out and it shows you the Google post that this came to. So it's a very, it's a very good way to make sure that somebody knows that that is real. So it's a testimonial, but it's posted on Google and it's basically it's provable because it's posted on a third party. So they, if I just said, Christina Mead says Beth is great. Well, that's not going to help us. All right. Because who does that? I mean, it used to be, you could go and create anything you wanted on uh, testimonials. So, you know, I think that everybody's kind of wise to that. Um, the other thing is somebody like Amazon actually puts verified purchase on theirs because there for a while people were paying for reviews and they were paying for uh, bad, you know, good reviews and they were actually paying people to do it whether they had bought the product or not. That's not a good way to do things. Um, and as a result, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the uh, the reviews and testimonials or reviews versus testimonials. Please do not put testimonials up. They they really are baseless and groundless. And just because somebody sent you an email that said, "Hey, you're the best thing ever," that doesn't fly. They need to be on a third party platform, preferably Google, that they are verified and that there's a user behind them and people can see that they're real. Now, granted. I could probably pull up a, a Google profile right now and it have fake reviews on it and you can spot them. Person was great. He helped me. Yeah, no, that they're not real. Um, we've, we've invested a lot of time to make sure that when people, we, we actually, if they want to put a review up, we actually make sure that they put something up, up tangible and not, you guys are awesome because that you guys are awesome does nothing to help my business and it doesn't do anything to help your business. People need to provide reviews that have substance that show what they do, show who they are and how they do it. Okay, so make sure you have a review program, make sure that you're working that. The other thing is if you have an e-commerce site, uh, the Automate Woo, Woo that I talked about earlier, it does go out and help procure reviews. So at the end of, I think I have them set right now for like two weeks. After two weeks, the product's delivered. We actually invite the customer back to come and leave us a review. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, I think that I've, I keep wondering sometimes um, if I don't want to incentivize them for review, but you need reviews. Um, you need reviews on Google. You need product reviews if you have products on your website. So just know that those reviews are um, important and they wanna see them from verified users and ways to prove that they're real. So you just can't go, that person's great. Okay. Um, boy, do I wish I could see what this says. It re says clear all, and I don't know what that says. I can't read my own handwriting. Okay, next one is guarantees, okay? Um, make sure that you have some way that the user knows that you're not gonna steal their money, that you're willing to give them their money back. Um, Amazon has set the bar on this uh, and I don't agree with it. I'm, I'm gonna be quite honest with you and, and I'm gonna tell you why anecdotally again. Um, maybe I'm just getting skeptical 
but I don't know that I think that everybody has good intent. So I have, this is a true story. Um, I have my, one of my best friends runs an online art gallery and I had somebody come in and order a like $2,000 painting, rolled it up, put it in a tube, sent it off. The guy took it, used it in a movie, put staples in it, stapled it to a wall for his movie. And when he was done with it, took it down from the wall, rolled it back up in the tube and said, here, and went back to Amazon and said, here, you're going to take this back. Now, I, I am, you know, it's, it's like the people that say, go buy a dress and like, don't take the tags off and stuck them in, the, in your dress, in your, in your shirt. I mean, you know, I, in some way that's, that's maybe, you know, not to be judgmental, but for a small business owner, that's not a good thing. Well, Amazon, when you sell through them, they basically have a guarantee policy of no questions asked. So you could take something, get it, use it, send it back. Um, if you need something for just a small amount of time, you can go take it, use it, send it back. I don't know that that's the intent of the world, but that's the, the policy that Amazon set. You need to have some level of a guarantee. You need to have some type of a guarantee program so people are know that um, you're not, you know, you're not going to steal their money. Um, the other thing that I would say is if you have um, memberships to real certification places that show that you are um, a good person, use them. Now, uh, let me see if it's here. You notice here that I have my Google partner on the bottom because that means something to somebody. I also have a data protection um, here too to say that your data is protected, but that means nothing to nobody, but I did put it there. But the Google partner badge means something to people. That means that maybe I'm just a little bit smarter than the next guy. I personally know what you have to do to pass a Google certification. Um, I'm not really smarter than the next guy. I just know how to do uh, answer some questions and take a test and it doesn't really show much of anything in my opinion. But at the end of the day, I have my Google partner badge. The other thing that we did, and this is sort of a growth on my, on my part, I will say this too. Um, I, I never thought I would be, I would do this, but I did. Um, I went in and if you go to our homepage, there's a level of proof here on here too. Let me see if it's where it is here. You see, all these are all the people that we've done business with through the years. Their little logos are here. Um, and I recommend if you have um, a murderer's row of really good quality people and brands that people will recognize that you can put there, go for it. Because at the end of the day, um, and again, speaking anecdotally, when we kind of started getting back into the... Um, web design business uh, back in, oh, I guess it was 07. I had a company that we, were, we had worked with for a couple of years and they hired a new marketing manager. And the first thing the marketing manager said to me was, what companies have you worked for that are the size of American Express? And here is this little baby company in Kingwood, but they, she wanted to know who I had worked for. And I was like, I didn't want to answer her. And then she's like, well, it's not on your website. And at first I thought, well, that's not probably a good idea. 
Um, but through the years, I'm like, you know what, what are you going to do? Call somebody. I mean, everybody I know that knows us is happy with us. So I, I finally just kind of said, I'm just going to put it down. And that's what I did. And we've had a running um, list of people that we've done run business with through the years. Um, and I, and I, I just think that's a good idea. I, we've been kind of incorporating them on everybody's sites because I think it gives a, here's another one. So if you have a list of, of people, they have a, they do, uh, these people work with immigration worms, but you can see there's a lot of recognizable brands. So, you know, um, you know, presently they're like working with some really well-known, some known electronics people that they're probably going to get the account with. So as a result, you know, this is a, this is a pretty good list of people that are coming through here that they work with. So it gives them a level of credibility that they can handle a bigger or a better account, okay? So um, I would recommend if you have something like that and you can scroll logos, I would, I would recommend that. And then here's this one too. Um, I think it's very effective. It's a very effective way to do this. Um, but it gives you credibility, you know, Landry's, Marriott. I mean, we've done electrical lighting. These, this company's done electrical lighting for these companies. Um, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, Disney. I mean, it's just a venerable who's who. Put it out there. Don't be afraid to say that. Um, now, I get this quite a bit. This one here is an interesting one. If somebody called me and said, I didn't have permission to use their logo, the answer is, I didn't know I didn't have permission to use their logo. So I have some people that freak out and say, well, I didn't get a release. Well, did they ask you about it? No. Did you, and you didn't ask them about it? So let's put it there. If they call you and tell you you shouldn't be using it, the first thing you do is say, I'm sorry. And the second thing you do is hit the delete key. It's pretty much that simple. Um, if you're not a dishonest company, if you're not gonna make trouble, chances are people are not gonna call you on the phone and worry about the fact that their logo is scrolling that you were proud enough to say that you, you've you worked with them. Um, it, you know, So if you have it, flaunt it and don't be afraid of it. Um, and that's kind of my, my, my opinion on that. Um, so we've encouraged people because there's just a certain transmission, like in this case, you know, you want me to go do a, a you know, a 5,000 square foot parking lot, you need to know that we've done this and we can do that and we work with those circumstances. So um, that's, that's that story. Uh, social proof. Another one of my little circumstances, I'm going to go back to SEO 411 to show you this. Everybody should have a social proof plugin on their website. And what that means is this. All righty. So let's come over here. I'm having trouble because I can't see my own screen because of, the, of those boxes for the chat in case you guys ask questions. So hold on a second. So where is my, here we go. Uh, no, I'm off of here. 
think that I got it correct. All right, so let's come over here. So you can see, let me click through to this. You can see that I have the share buttons on the websites. So I need to clear the cash out on this, but they actually light up with numbers and show how many times it's been shared. Um, so that's always a, a good thing. This is showing a little bit oddly just because of my browser and the browser I'm using. So, because I'm on my little laptop here. Um, but you can see that I have ways to share it. And then what happens is they actually show counters on them to show how many times a page was shared so that there is a me fa two factor built into this all. Um, and that's an, it's to my mind, that's an important thing because it validates that the article has some value to it. Um, so social proof is really important. You should be in encouraging people to share um, the content and your content on your website and the things that you do and the things that you shall sell should be so good that you want to be able to, to share that. So make sure you got the social proof. Okay, so I'm getting to the end of my very enormous list of stuff. The next thing is make sure you have upsells and cross sells. So if I buy a pocketbook, I may want to say people that bought the pocketbook also bought a wallet. You see it all the time. You see suggestions when you go buy a movie, it gives you three more movies you might like that are in the same genre. If you buy a shirt, it tells you these shoes look good with the shirt. Um, it, everybody's always coming up with a way to either cross sell or upsell, which is, you know, I have this item here, you've picked this, would you like this one? This one is better. You know, sometimes you do it with a shirt, you buy a lower shirt and the next thing you know they're asking you if you want a calvin klein shirt so you know that those are ways um people make their money you also encounter that like at a restaurant when they ask you you know you say you want a uh, vodka tonic and the next thing they say to you is what kind of vodka well what they're doing is basically upselling the well okay so that's what you need to be doing on your website um that's important stuff and if you're not doing that again you have to have a relationship with these people and you want them to do business with you. So these are ways that these people do business with you. Um, and I think that's a, that's a really important thing. And that's a really important way for you to start to understand things. So I would make sure that I was going through and upselling. Now, what I will tell you is websites like, or uh, web, um, shopping cart software, sometimes will actually do uh, that cross-selling for you. So if I come to your website and I buy a pair of shoes and a shirt, sometimes what you'll see is customers that bought this shirt also bought these shoes. Um, so it kind of comes up with that uh, related products topic for it. Um, we kind of did that here on Thorn Tree. That's a, that's a good example of one because some of these ones that I come up with for products... Let me see. I'll show you what we did. Okay, so we come here and you see we have all of these, right? But if I land on this one, it gives me down here on the bottom all the different products or uh, uh, 
uh, patterns that I can buy this one tile in. So you see, it's basically creating that cross sell. I've picked this particular tile, but it gives me all the different ways I can lay it out. So that's what that's what I mean when I say encourage that upsell or give a related product so that customers understand that some of these things may go together or that you have variations thereof. So that all works together. And then the last thing I have, and I've said it a couple of times tonight, so I kind of jumped ahead of my last one was encouraging reviews on products. Um, that's a really big thing. Um, I'm actually gonna say also encourage um, comments on your blog post. Um, Google's looking for that level of interaction. And if people don't comment on your blog post, well, then that's not as worthwhile as it should be. So um, I've been asking that when I put out a blog post, you know, you can join our mailing list right off the website. Um, so you can get notified when I've had a blog post, you can get a calendar. So you always know what the um, schedule is here with us, the classes that we're teaching, all of that, right? Um, but the thing is, is that the next thing I know is people will come and they'll write me a question regarding the blog post and they email it to me. So what I've been doing is directing everybody back to the post that they were asking me about and asking the question and actually asking them to ask the question on the website rather than sending me an email and me asking me the question. I'm on that website every day. I promise you I will answer you off the post. But I really would like to start to encourage, and everybody should encourage, if you put up a blog post and people are calling and asking questions on that blog post, try to think about forcing that blog post to go out back out to the website to, to get the question asked there instead of answering it in your email box. Because they're looking for uh, if you're an authority and if people are interacting with those pages. So it's an important little nuance. Make sure you're doing it. So just throw that out there into the ether on all of this. So, all right, I'm out of points on my little notebook over here. So if you have any questions, now would be the time to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to call Ms. Sandra in and tell her we're, we're done and good for the night. So it's up to you on that part. So if you have questions, now would be the time to ask them. And I've also got some information to put up there about our next digital marketing clinic, but let's first see if there's a few questions. So far, so, no, so far none. Everybody's been quiet tonight. Well, let's, why don't we, hold on a second. Let me, uh, thank you for um, lots of information and lots of good advice. We really appreciate that. What I'm gonna do is in the chat, put in information about, oh, they're, they're saying thanks. They're saying thank you for a great oh, talk. Yeah. Thank so, you. So let me put in the, the information about our next digital marketing clinic. It's actually posted on the, um, on the SCORE website as well already. And we'll be sending information out about, to, about it too. So um, we're here for you. And then um, if you have any questions, you're welcome to um, email SCORE or you can email us at c4e at hcs.edu, c4e at hccs.edu. That's um, our Center for Entrepreneurship email address. And then Beth, your, your email address is? Uh, Beth at seo411.com. There's a couple of questions. I'm not seeing them, where are they? On the Q&A. 
Oh, the one that says, can we get a recording of tonight? Yeah, I score will have it on their website and they'll send it to me. Well, I'll actually put it on our website too. So if you come to either of those websites, they'll all be there. And did you see the um, one that- It depends on when, huh? How do you advertise unusual businesses? Oh, I already answered that. These were all answered. You're I mean, I, I, I just don't bother. I get so many cross comments. I don't bother cleaning them all out, but every oh. one of them were answered live. I noticed okay. a few people have their hands raised. I don't know if they raised them recently or not, but uh, Carol Tran has her hand raised and so does, um, um, well, I thought I saw someone else there. Carol, would you like to um, ask a question in the, in the, let me see if I can allow her to talk. Carol, do you want to talk? Yes. Okay. Hi, Ask Beth. Hello. Thank you for doing this. Um, hi. So I have a, a question for Beth. It's, um, I don't know, you, you know, maybe how the answer or not, but, um, you know, uh, I have a friend who did Google Plus for a while and, and uh, something happened with that website. So Google had to take it down and he found it very useful to connect. Uh, he would write, use, he would write a blog, you know, very, very often with his products. He was a jeweler and, but they shut it down. So is there anything similar? And that helped him get a lot of clients LinkedIn. throughout Houston. LinkedIn, LinkedIn would be yeah. similar to it. Okay. Okay. Well, what about the features? Is it similar to Google plus? Google plus never got all around. I mean, that, that platform was a contrived power grab by Google. So it's not, there's no, no, nothing else like it. Cause uh -huh. it's a failed situation. Yeah, it, it really helped with connect with people. And well, I know they took it down because nobody was using it. And yeah, don't worry about Google really? Plus; they shut it down. Okay, don't even yeah. worry about what it was. It's that's okay. like talking about what was uh, you know I don't know something right. like an eight track yeah. tape. It was I like agree. About, so. <laughs> What is an eight-track tape for five hundred dollars, please? I mean, right. that's what we're talking about. So, so next person with a question. Anybody else? Let's. Uh, this uh, person in the in the comments asked uh, for con just give the office a call, and we we kind of help uh, do whatever we need to. So you can reach out to me an email, or you can call us off the website. Either way. So that'll that'll solve that problem. Um, we do it for, we, we'll consult, we ask questions, we answer things, whatever anybody needs to do, we try to help, especially with the folks out of this class, we kind of give them a whole lot more leeway on what we need to do with them. So if you, you want to call the office, I'm happy to help any way you can. Yeah, I want to, um, uh, there's a lot of people that I, whose names I recognize in our, in our attendee list. So we've got people from Small Business Success Series in the past, from business plan competitions, Earlier in, I saw a judge from the Liftoff Houston competition. I was a judge this past weekend. So there's lots of great, and John Harris is an avid um, follower of our digital marketing clinics. He's a, he's a, a top dog in, in uh, marketing himself. And so it's an it's a honor and a privilege to have him following you and, and uh, coming to our digital marketing clinic. So we got a lot of great people that were attending today. And, um, John's here every week. I've got to give him a lot of credit since we started this, you and I, I think he has been here every, I don't think he's missed one yet. Yes. And he's usually called, when is the next one? When is it? Send me a link. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so welcome to all of you who are new. 
And welcome back to all of you who joined us again tonight. And hopefully we'll see you again then next time. It's on December 9th for um, uh, putting yourself on the Google, on, on the digital map. You want to tell them a little bit about that? Yeah, it's Google local and local businesses and how to get on the local, on the Google map section and Google my business and how to manage that and how to make that work for you. I think every small business owner needs to have that. So, and I haven't done that in about six months and some of the rules on that have changed. So I figured let's sit down, let's kind of talk through that and we'll see where we go with that. But that's a, that's an important one. Good. All right. Well, I think that handles, that handles it all. So um, thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you again in December for our next digital marketing clinic. Have a good Thanksgiving everyone. That's, yeah, happy that's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, if you can believe we're saying that sentence. And happy Veterans Day. <laughs> and happy Veterans Day, yes. All so, right. Good night, everyone. Good night.